Why he fighting fighting this? Why? What? 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 What, what is his goal? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Immigrant Section. My boy's already laughing. I don't even get it. <laughs> Yo, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. It's your boy, Abbas Wahab, checking up on y'all. Remember, December 9th, the Force Diversity Comedy Show. If you're in Toronto, get those tickets. They're almost sold out. Go to AbbasWahab.com to get them. And with me today in the studio, new comic in the scene. He comes to us from way of America. This guy is just, I just see him coming into Toronto and he's killing it already. Crazy talented. My dude, fucking Ashwin Singh, dog. What are you saying? Uh, uh, thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate it. I'm coming to your show. I'm not on it, but I'm coming. Hell yeah, it's going to be <laughs> sick. Yeah, tell these people at <laughs> BossWap.com. Keep staying on It's on my one. calendar. Uh, yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. You're, dude, first of all, you're not just funny. You're... You got a crazy singing voice, which blew my mind. First of all, you did a show. Uh, what's your show called again? It's called The Variety Hour. The Variety Hour. You do it at the the Three Esplanade or something like. 54. Yeah, it's a uh, near it's Front Cathedral Street. Cathedral now. There you yeah. go. In Toronto. Great show. Check this by now. But crazy singing chops, bro. I was back there like, yo, we were watching the show. This dude was singing. I'm like, did you sing before you did comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been singing since I was like 10, 11. Yeah, because so. the way you were singing, I'm like. Damn, this guy's talented, bro. This guy's a threat. We're all back there like, this guy's a threat. <laughs> We're that, scheming and shit, Is bro. that what was happening back no, then? No, no, everyone, dude, <laughs> I, I remember everyone was like, people almost didn't want to acknowledge it. You know how comics are? Yeah. It'd be like, you know, comics for sometimes it feels like it's uh, it's really like pulling teeth to give a compliment. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, you'll go up to someone and you'll be like, he's really good, right? He's like, yeah, he's all right. Exactly, you know? exactly. <laughs> I literally said that. I'm like, dude, this guy's amazing. And people were like, eh. you know, you know, maybe they're thinking about their own set, but whatever. But I came up to you right after. I was like, yeah, you did. Man. You were high. Le- bro, like truly, objectively. Like, if you were the singer and you mm-hmm. didn't do any comedy, you'd be like, damn, that guy, who was that guy? You know, I appreciate that, man. And thank you for doing my show. Yeah, bro, I had a blast. What do you mean? It was great. Yeah, it's cool. Like, we're doing some of the same, uh, like, your show has a similar theme to mine in terms of, like, the lineup and, because yours is called Forced Diversity, right? Forced Diversity Show. Yeah, mine's, like, similar. I, I just, uh, you remember how I opened the show, right? As, like, there's, like, eight I think, people on I was this. a little late. but Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I opened it. Because uh, I booked Justin Shaw, who's like a friend of mine. Like we've been homies for like like we started. Like, well, not we. St- when I started comedy, he was like one of the first dudes to be like nice to me. Got it. Um, so. Which is the thing for those of you who are not in comedy. When you first start comedy, no one is nice to you. Yeah. And there's a v- and the few that are, you never forget. You know. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you know. I've lived yeah, like you get well, you went to Waterloo too, so you know we lived in like a different city every four months mm-hmm. for like five Co-op, years. Yeah. Right. And so, like, I I was like lo- like London, Ontario, then Vancouver, then Toronto, then Kitchener Waterloo, then Cupertino, then back to Kitchener Waterloo, then back to Cupertino. Like I was, so I kind of was in a new scene every four to six months, and you know you kind of get used to the idea. Like like as an immigrant too, like. Like everywhere you go, people are like, oh, you have to prove yourself. You mm-hmm. know? Like yeah, I have yeah, jokes yeah. about this where like people expect you to prove that you can speak English just to get into the country. But we've all been speaking English since we were like four. Yeah. yeah. It's like I got the degree. Yo. It's <laughs> yeah. And, and they act like I had to take the test of English as a foreign language after I graduated. And it's like after you graduate. 
Yeah, at Waterloo, we did that at the beginning, I remember. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And we had like English courses that we had to take. Dude, I remember my buddy Tasia, he got, you don't, you just have to pass it. Yeah. <laughs> my buddy Tasia gets a 70 on it. He's like, his whole life, he's like a 90 student, right? Yeah. He gets a 70 on that English test. He goes, fuck it, I'm taking it again. He takes it again, he fails it. <laughs> <laughs> But he already passed it, so he's right. good to go. But yeah, we fucking crushed him on yeah. that. But but it's like 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 you kind of get irritated eventually. It's like how many times are you going to ex- ask me to prove myself? You know, like like for English, it's like you take it when you first come here. Then you take those like English courses in university, and then after you graduate, you apply for permanent residence. They make you take the same test again. It feels like the COVID test bullshit right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I just took a flight where you had to be a negative result to get on. I'm on there, negative result, vaccinated. They'd be like, put your mask back on. Put your mask back on, on the flight. I'm like, we're all negative. I land, they're like, sir, you've been randomly selected for COVID screening. I'm like, fuck. I feel like fucking English test right now, dude. There's like a comic, his name's like Rahul Dua. It's like an Indian comic. Yeah. He's like, he was about to get on a flight and they were like, where's your uh, proof of a negative test? And he's like, I have vaccine passport. And they were like, but where's your proof of test? And he's like, no, no, you're still on version 1.0 of this shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I had to show a negative result and vaccinated and mask still on. Yeah. And I did a joke about it. And some people were like, the people are still like, you could have got COVID right before the flight. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Don't you ever want this? Like, when did yeah. the mask go away? That's the question. I when think, do the masks go away? I think know? the masks are here to stay for a while. I think everything else might go away. The restrictions might go away a little. See, I get masks on like some, I get masks on a plane. Mm-hmm. Just don't tell me about COVID or whatever. Just, okay, require masks on a plane. That pisses me off, mm-hmm. especially after I had a negative result. Mm-hmm. But I don't want masks in any open air shit. I don't want masks in any like place where it's not a big grouping of people. Like it's a concert or some shit like that's crazy, but the idea of a mass in a concert makes more sense to me than like mass in the classroom or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know when they're going to get rid of the masks. I think it's more like at this point, it's more of like a social like it makes people feel okay. safer, I guess. But yeah. I mean, yeah, fuck it, dude. It's so stupid, man. I, like we're do- like, let's stop with the mask. People are three <laughs> booster shots in the numbers. Yeah. What are we doing with the mask? Anyways, fuck it. Anyways, forget about that. It's all about <laughs> you today, my dude. So uh, when did you move? Did you move to Canada? Because now we just talked right before you came here. You had a, a California. We had a similar type of like getup. Right. Waterloo, California stint. Yeah. Back here in Toronto. Yeah, and we're both using our degree the exact same way too. <laughs> are you Are you working at all? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I do software development during the day as long as I have to, like I'll probably quit at some point when I can. That's another thing that really impresses the hell out of me. Cause did you do software engineering? What was your degree? Computer in? science. Computer science. You're in the EC department? I think, no, I, I was in the math department. Oh, oh, I was thinking computer engineering. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I started in- MC, yeah? Yeah, I started in Tron actually. So I was in Mechatronics. Mechatronics, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and I was yeah. like, and I just switched to computer science. Yeah, you're smart. You know, when I went to Waterloo, I went for nanotechnology engineering. Right. Which is like the dumbest thing you can do possible. Like for any non-engineer, they're like, whoa! For every engineer, yeah. they're like, where are you working? What are you, where is that applied on an undergraduate level? You yeah, know? both my roommates. Uh, so you you asked, you told, you, you were telling people that I play music, right? Like, so I was in a band when I was in university. And both two of my bandmates were in nanotechnology engineering. And then... What year were you? I was uh, well, class, class of 
I was class of 2020. You, it would have been 2019, but I took an extra year. Gotcha. Okay, so you just finished. Yeah, I graduated in April. Gotcha. Okay, 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 okay. So, okay, I don't know these guys, but uh, yeah. But you, okay, so you were in a band with them? Yeah, so there were like two of them were nanotechnology engineering guys, and one of them was like a physics guy. And we were like, we're like the nerdiest band ever, bro. Was that the name of your band? No, we <laughs> were. Virgins? No, we were called. Uh, we were st- we, when we started, we were called Jaded Students. Okay, uh, it's still kind of. And then we were like, we're not going to be students for very long. This name has no longevity. You know, and then we jaded sh- studs. <laughs> we <laughs> dropped the ints. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started uh, calling ourselves Little Berlin because, uh, like, it's ki- artsy. Well, Kitchener used to be called Berlin. Did you know this? I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, but Kitch- that makes sense because a lot of people don't know this, but Kitchener has the biggest Oktoberfest celebration outside of Germany. Right. It's also like, uh, like the remnants of colonization are all around us and we just like don't notice, right? Like half of the names around Kitchener Waterloo of like cities and streets. London, Windsor. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there there's a Winston Churchill Avenue, which like every time I drive by oh, it, yeah. I get like mixed feelings. You know? Because I'm like, I'm pretty sure we tried to remove you at one point. <laughs> Winston Churchill, dude. What what was his famous quotes? He was like a, a notorious alcoholic, right? <laughs> Actually, I, all those old Brits were essentially right. Yeah, well, he's just like this conflicting character. He's like, I'm, show me a man feet. He's one of those old fat British guys who's like, you bring a man, you give a man a fish, you feed him once, <laughs> and bring a man to the sea, you teach him how to fish. It's like, yeah, you're drunk as fuck right now. <laughs> you can't stand. <laughs> bring a man to the fish, like yeah. Well, he's also like one of those like conflicting characters. By the way, like this is the weird thing about now is like people are expecting all of their heroes to be like perfect oh, by current standards. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense because we've only ever had flawed heroes. You know, like people complain that Gandhi was racist and you're like, it was 1947, who wasn't? I know, right? And Gandhi's whole thing apparently is that he was a misogynist. Yeah. They're me-tooing him in uh, in perpetuity, right? And I was like, yeah, but Burr had a joke about that, right? Where they were like, why are we canceling dead people? God canceled them like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, like why are we still, why are there still Michael Jackson trials? (laughs) It's over. (laughs) Let the motherfucker (laughs) die. He's literally in the grave. Like, come on. on. Yeah. Dude. Um, So you actually came here a lot sooner than I would have thought. And and you were doing the art thing the whole time while you were in school. Pretty much. That's clutch. So when did you come here? Do you move from India or where? Yeah, I moved from Delhi. Okay. uh, What year? 2014, August. On a scholarship? Uh, well, I had a, like a scholarship for the first year. I don't know if Waterloo does full scholarships, but I had like, they I gave, didn't have a full scholarship, they gave me like 10, 15 grand or gotcha. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, what was the high level school there? IIT or what's it called in yeah. India? Yeah. Institute of Technology. Yo, that's the shit. I remember back in Waterloo, we'd be like, yo, he's, we, we had a guy, uh, Vivek something, one of our props. And mm-hmm. we'd be looking at his things like, yo, IIT masters. I, we're like, oh shit, IIT. This is like yeah. the top school there, huh? Yeah. And when the competition is real, man, because here it's like, well, A, the, the population is way less dense, right? There's way less people. Literally here. by like orders of magnitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and there's the more, uh, peop- like more education in terms of like, there's more universities here. Like the IITs are like the best. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, IITs are like the best institute. That's in the MIT of, of India, right? Yeah, kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's like maybe 17 of them, something like that. Oh. Across, uh, across the country. Just in, to service the fucking billion plus In different population. cities, right? Yeah. But, but there's like more people and less spots to get quality education. 
So the competition for those spots is real. Like, uh, I think there's there's cutoffs, right? Like, I don't know how you guys do things here, but uh, pretty much we give these like 12th grade board exams. Yes. And whatever our like final percentage is, is like used in a lot of these institutions as like- Like you're ranked essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as your SAT score. And there's like other universities that do like their own testing, but a lot of universities just use whatever you got in 12th grade. And the competition is so real, like the cutoff percentage to get into some of the top universities was like damn near like 96%. No way. The, like the year I graduated and it's even higher now. And there's all these quotas, right? Like like OBC, like like observed caste and stuff like that. That they so, have so to fill. like darker people. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Right, like people yeah. that come from like more underprivileged communities. Yes, and they get like a certain amount of like they get a certain percentage added to their score. To gotcha, like to it, it shifts the curve, so to speak, to put more of them in. Yeah, seats. but that means that if you're just like the general class, your percentage has to be. You gotta higher. be ninety nine percent. Yeah, yeah. And so I literally like this know, is what white people complain about yeah, here. And, you know what and, I mean? Yeah, they're like, why does that black guy come in with a seventy five? I'm a thoroughbred with an eighty five. Yeah. They're like, he's from an underprivileged community, Skyler. <laughs> and and literally no joke the year that i uh like came here for waterloo the like passing percentage for certain people to get into university to the top universities was 100 percent. are you fucking kidding me dude? yeah and i was like you Jesus understand Christ. like yeah. this is why is there a, like a suicide issue in india with like <laughs> i'm serious because i remember when when i learned about iit and i and i remember reading this i watched a little documentary of like uh, a guy who's like 18 with his parents, he's like, the exams are coming, so now we study eight hours, seven hours a day, and he's like yeah. prepping for these standardized exams, and it's like they're all waiting to hear the scores, and the family's like being, because like, the idea is if you get into this school, you will kind of secure your future, secure their future, right? Yeah. So I'm like, Jesus, are they are these people like killing themselves and shit, dude? Oh yeah, like left, right, and center. There's like, uh, there's coaching institutions to that coach you specifically just to take the test. Like, you know, you guys have like SAT prep. Like, yeah, we have we have stuff called Kumon and shit. But yeah. those are for like, if you're not even there, they're just yeah. trying to bring you to an average. Yeah, there was all sorts of stuff that we were doing after like we came out of high school. Like, so so the schedule used to be like, like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. you're in school. And then you come out and at 5 p.m. you go, like the word tuition here means like the kind of money you pay to a university, right? Correct. In India, it's called tuition and it's not money you pay. Uh, tuition is the word they use for coaching classes where they're teaching, like where they're teaching and reteaching you what you, like they're reiterating what you just learned in high school. So you come out at like 3 p.m., you go to a different class that's not sponsored. Just to hammer this shit down. Yeah. like. And to like, like, like to, because it's that competitive. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're like relearning, you're doing like test prep, you're literally paying somebody outside of your high school education to educate you more. And they'll teach you how to take the, like, there's a, there's an institution that'll teach you to take like the exam IIT. strategy. Yeah. They'll teach you the IIT tests. You'll uh. do SAT prep. You'll do, you know, SAT two prep. Cause the year I graduated, I had to, I, I applied to like Indian institutions, but I also applied to like Singaporean institutions, Hong Kong institutions, the U S and Everywhere. Canada. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I took every standardized test there is that year. Like I took, Jesus the, I took the SATs. I took like AP exams. I took the SAT twos. I took the test of English as a foreign language. I took all of my board exams, and then I took the standardized tests for the Indian institutions. I think I took like nineteen tests over the course of like two months. 
Oh my god, dude! And is it like eighty percent the same thing, or a whole new set of like covered material? So some are more advanced, yeah, and and some are like so the IIT exams are actually more. For all the Canadians, listen to this, by the way. Don't ever fucking complain again. <laughs> all you high school cats, listen to this motherfucker. Well, the, this is why you sing beautifully, by the way. Uh, thank You're you. Just like, well, no, I'm doing so many tests. <laughs> I need to release my outlets somehow. Well, my first two years. This is the only way you're not dead right now, by the yeah. way, is singing. And my first two years in university, too, like white people were really mad at me because I never studied ever. You're like, I did this six years ago. Yeah. Like I would come home, well, home, like to the like apartment that we were living in. And my both of my roommates were white. And, and they would be like learning calculus, like first year calculus, second yeah, yeah. year calculus. And I would do my homework like an hour before the deadline. You know, like I, I, I studied like not at all first year of university and they, they got mad at me. Like they actually confronted me. That's They're so like, funny. What are you doing? Are you cheating? I was like, no, I did this in 10th grade. <laughs> you know, I know like one time the professor just like offhand was like, anybody know the equation for this? And I kind of just yelled it out and he wasn't expecting it. He was like, I was going to like this whole class was going to be about me deriving this equation. I just offhand asked the question and you just like ruined my next half hour's plan. Yeah. You're like, yeah, well, it's like, well, you're still going to derive it. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, well, yeah, he's right. Well, class dismissed. Yeah, no. They're like, well, he's, let's do it anyway. I'm still going to derive it regardless <laughs> of the fact. And you're like, how do you know? It's like, well, I put it on 12 different tests. I wrote it. I derived it for yeah. 16 different exams. Yeah. So he I'll is, never forget it. He's right. Does anybody see how he got there? As like, I don't even remember how I got <laughs> yeah, there. Bro. Right. I just like, remember it. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking wild. So did you get into every thing or do you just, you did you get into, did you apply to IIT? I applied and I didn't take the test. Okay, uh, so is that like, you're like, would they ever accept you without taking the test? No, uh, I took, uh, well, I was taking the two years of test prep. Yeah. But then b before I went to take the test, my uh, like uh, acceptances from Waterloo and like- They all came of, in. Yeah, and I was like- <laughs> So you started singing, boy. Give, like, me, give me some singing right there. Like, I'm in. I was like, <laughs> fuck it, no more tests. I don't- <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. Clutch. And Waterloo is world-renowned. Yeah. So it's like, especially considering that, like, I actually would imagine that it's easier to get employed in, like, international um, conglomerates, like, you know, let's say Apple, yeah. Facebook, et cetera, with a Waterloo than an IIT. Oh, yeah. Well, at least in... Because uh, Waterloo feeds Silicon Valley more than any other school. Yeah. And at a lot least of people the undergrad that. degrees. Yeah, yeah, the if undergrad. You, if you come out of, like, an IIT with, like, a master's degree, I'm pretty sure those people are making bank. Like, they they migrate to, like, America immediately. You get an H1B with a graduation, right? <laughs> yeah, but but that's, like, weird, too. Like, the H1, like, like I'm an immigrant, so, like, I could talk for hours about just, like, visa processes oh, for different dude. countries. But America, the wait for an Indian in terms of, like, going from, like, Because it's relative to where you're born. Yeah. And they have a lot of intellectual Indians in America. Yeah, and, and well, there's 1.4 billion of us, you know? So, like, Veer Das had a joke where he was like, not all Indians are smart, it's just that you only ever met the smart ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know? They're all, the other ones are all yeah, back there. Like, just, fuck. There are just more smart Indians because there are else. more Indians. And, uh, but, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Just the visa process. Like, I came in to the States, so I got my, so you came to Waterloo. Yeah. You got a, a computer science yeah. degree. And you did a bunch of co-ops. You did the whole Cupertino thing, which, by the way, the final co-ops of, like, Waterloo, everyone is going to yeah. California. That, that, that was one of the reasons I picked Waterloo was because it made a real dent in my tuition 
that I graduated debt free, thankfully. Like my family supported me the first two years mm -hmm. by like paying tuition for me. Because you like, paid double. Yeah, more than double, like a lot. Uh, well, it was actually almost exactly double because I had a buddy coming from Tanzania. Uh huh. And my my I remember my tuition was twelve a year, and mm -hmm. his was twenty four five. So it was almost exactly double mm -hmm. mine as an international. Oh, see, and the other thing too though is like every year they will send out an email saying they're like raising the like the tuition for international students by exactly 9.8%. I don't know where they picked that number. Legally, they probably cannot cross the 10%. Thing. Yeah, That's what it yeah, sounds it's, like. It's something like that, right? And that email, man, it's something like, it's so weird because they'll go, because it's an email from the university and the email goes, we recognize the enormous value of a degree from the University of Waterloo and that's we're not, raising oh the, I was like, that's like me putting my mom as a referral on my resume. You know, like you can't <laughs> yeah. recognize yourself. Oh my God, that's just, that's how they gotta open it up. When Once they say that shit, you yeah. know you're about to get The fucked. students went on strike one year and, and they were like, you're not raising the international tuition anymore because we're already paying damn near three times. And why would we do this? And that was the only year that they didn't raise the tuition when the students went on strike. The next year they did it again. <sighs> that goes to show, man. Power to the people, you know, strength in numbers. They're like, oh, fuck, okay, don't do it. It's just a money grab, and it was exposed right there. Oh, yeah, and, and that's the one frustration, like, when like when protests happen, you know, there's always somebody like, oh, it's just, a, like, protests don't do anything. It's like, no, they work, you know? That's the, like, you know, when like when BLM was happening here, too, when, uh, when the George Floyd stuff was happening in the U.S., like, we were doing BLM. Well, think about it. That cop that killed Floyd. They put that guy away for like life or they gave him decades or some shit. So like yeah. that normally wouldn't have ever happened. Yeah. It would have uh, never happened. Yeah. I was in Kitchener when the Kitchener BLM protest was happening and I went there. And man, I have never seen so many white people. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah, it's Kitchener, bro. What do you mean? Right, but but it's, it's not Waterloo. It's Kitchener. Yeah, but it's BLM protest Kitchener, right? And it's like okay, so you gotta imagine Kitchener is like eighty percent white people, probably, right? So it's like, can you imagine? Like, I didn't even know like Kitchener had that many white people until that day. But I started thinking about it, and I was like, can you imagine if this is the number of people that showed up to the protest in support? How many racist people there actually are in Kitchener <laughs> hey, that yeah. didn't show up? <laughs> the other ones? Yeah. Whoever's left. He's like, yeah, some guy's just at work. Like, he has the shirt, Black Lives Matter. It's like, I couldn't make it, but I got the shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got the shirt. Yeah. And don't forget, this is like smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, too, right? So like, That's why it had crazy attendance because yeah. people are like it's a thing to do yeah but also comedy had been like dead for like six months mm -hmm. right i had not gotten on stage in like six seven months not not seen a microphone not talk to people and i got to this protest and suddenly there's like a throng of people and there's this like one person like that's like like starting the march and the protest and he has a microphone it's like damn i wish i could tell some jokes right now that's man. hilarious <laughs> you're like can i borrow that mic <laughs> What's happening in the States is terrible. Woo! Yeah, I, I yeah. went to the BLM protest like, who books this? Yeah. <laughs> Spot! <laughs> They're like, send a tape, please. Yeah. Send a tape, let's see your bio. You're like, I have stood up for seven black people. Okay, all right, this guy's, this guy's next, bullet. But man, w when you went to uh, San Francisco, mm -hmm. did you do stand up there? 
Yeah, well, not not when I was uh, working there, because uh, I don't think I'd started stand up yet. I started like in their open mic scene in San Jose. It was the first time I ever did stand up. Okay, but I went back to San Francisco on my tour these like these last three months when I was like in LA and San Francisco. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then I did the like a couple of the clubs, and it was cool. Like San Francisco is the one dope of the scene. is the more one of the more accepting comedy cities that I've been to. Because I went there, and I think I had a good set one of the nights, and somebody. At the club, asked me. They were like, oh, "How many nights are you here, and are you booked all of the nights?" And I was like, "No, I'm actually looking for more places." And they're like, "We'll book you every night that you're you don't currently have." A That's booking. fucking yeah. There's a lot going on in San Francisco. Yeah, and uh, I worked there for like uh, in 2017. I worked. I had like some job at some startup there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really where I got my teeth into stand-up was like that scene. Very similar to Toronto, reminds me. Just like the number of shows happening at night. Right. The way it works with Punchline that's over there and Cobbs, that type of style. But like, I love the scene over there. And still, shout out to, you know you're saying, Justin Shaw, shout out to Stroy Moyd. I don't know if you heard, uh, you ran into him. No, he's the dude. Hella funny. Yeah, he's the dude that booked me. I yeah, did like, there you go. He did it, yo, right there. Yo, shout out to Stroy Mord right there. If you're watching San Francisco, we salute you, yeah. sir. He booked, hella funny. They run a million yeah. shows Thank down Thank you there. for booking me six times at Neck of the Woods the week <laughs> I was there. Neck of the <laughs> Woods. <laughs> Neck of the Woods. Did you run into Ahmed Abdurrahman? No, I didn't. Ahmed Abdurrahman, they'll say? Oh, shit. No, don't say that. <laughs> no, did I didn't you, run did into you hear him. his name, though? Uh, yeah, I did. I did hear Feel his name. Woods. Did you run? Into yeah, him? No, no, yeah, he yeah, was there. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, something uh, Hooker. Allison Hooker. Yeah, she was there too. Yeah. Yeah. These were all people that were there the nights that I was doing Neck of the Woods, and it was great. I actually that was the first time I ever had a family member come out to a show because I'm like pretty uh, conservative about inviting family out to comedy shows because like it's blue, it's dirty, it's gotcha, like yeah, yeah. body. Yeah. And, and But my family's, like, starting to get on board with it now that, like, I've actually done shows where I started to get paid. I've done, like, slightly bigger theaters. Yeah, like, yeah. They're starting to understand that it's not just, like, something. A pipe that, dream. Yeah. Or a hobby, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, but my sister is a medical professional. Like, she's been, like, she has her master's degree. I think she already has her PhD. She's going into medicine. Like, she's in California? She's the one who came out? Yeah, uh, and I say sister, she's my cousin. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, but it's Either way, I'm, I wasn't going to pick into the yeah. details. Well, well, we're we're Indian. Yeah. We're, we're immigrants. Yeah, it's it's like, it could, when you say uncle or sister, it could be like zero yeah. affiliation. Yeah. An uncle is just an elder you kind of sort of su- are supposed to respect. That you know that your parent has a relationship with, and you can't question what that yeah, relationship exactly. is. exactly. Like, we go by feelings of relationships more than by the actual technical name of the relationship. Yeah, no one's asking to see a family tree, right? Yeah. Uncle who? Like, like, we had a caretaker growing Growing up that would like wake me up and we would like play cricket before I went to school and I called him it was a dude I called him my aunt for like 12 years <laughs> and he's getting paid so he never corrected you yeah <laughs> yeah fuck it yeah yes like, fuck it. I'm an aunt <laughs> yeah yes click <laughs> Well, your sister came out. Did she or your cousin? She fuck with it. She liked it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was like, I did like fifteen minutes. Yeah. And she came out, and she, I, I was actually nervous about her seeing my comedy because it was like, because she grew up in America, and I have this like weird thing about like I'm Indian, and yeah. I like. I like developed this accent, right? This is not how I spoke when I first came here. Like I still have my like if my if, if I'm talking to my parents, I'll go right back to Of course. I'll go right back to talking with my accent. Of course. And my brother actually, was the same thing. Yeah, and I don't actually mind talking in this accent. It's actually the way I spoke growing up, right? And then my landlady will come down the stairs and I'll like immediately yeah, switch. <clears throat> Yeah, it's like and, and Susan. Yeah, there's a problem with the fridge. <laughs> She's like, it, there is no. I just wanted to talk to you with this voice. Yeah, just code switching the whole Susan. way. 
And that's what we do, bro. We would survive. My buddy Omar used to talk to his mommy and be like, yo, yo, yo. Okay, one sec, guys. One sec. Huh? Huh, mama? No. No, mama. It's uh, the exams, mama. They're, um, they're coming <laughs> together, mama. But uh, we'll see. No. No, no, Mama, I paid it, and inshallah, we will see you soon. Okay. Yeah. All right, I was there, that was there. You know, you quiet. And yeah, like, but so when I like started comedy in this accent in this country, it was weird because I was like, I know my jokes are social commentary, and the topics are like people things that people here will understand. But my sensibility is Indian, right? Like the thing, the way I think. The, but that's what makes you good. That's what makes your act yeah. different. Yeah, but I was and and like like immigrants and people of color, like we understand like 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 roasting and the idea that if I'm if I'm trying to insult you, it's because I like you. Like endearing. we it's like endearing. we express affection through insult. Yes, you know, it's like you should be concerned not like only you should only be concerned if I'm not making fun of you. That means I really don't like you. Yeah, no no eye contact. Yeah, you it's know, like, okay, it's like, oh my God, look who's here. It's like, okay, good. He didn't talk to me or acknowledge me at all. Yeah. Good. It's like, that's not good. Yeah. That's not a good be thing. Be worried if I'm being nice to you, you know? So <laughs> oh, I, fuck, bro. You've been, you've been a class act with me. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it turning was, around. You've been so lovely, bro. Yo, it's fucking okay. <laughs> prick. Yo, this guy, I just jump over the table. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, did you like it down there in California? I did. Do you prefer Canada over America or America over Canada? They're exactly the same to me. I prefer... I mean, I love being Canadian, all that disclaimer, but man, oh, in the future, I see myself living in America way more. I spent three years in America. Oh, yeah. In Michigan and California. Right. Oh, bro, just the freedom of like, you know what it is? <laughs> you know what it is? Here's the difference. The freedom. Yeah, here's the difference. It's like here in Canada, mm -hmm. if you want to get alcohol, you got to go to LCB or a beer store. Right. If you want to get fireworks, you got to wait till like the two or three days a year. Right. Victoria to Canada, all this shit. What I love about America is that every gas station has everything. Right. Every place near you has all the things. They don't close at 11. Some of them are like, you can do whatever the fuck you want, especially from the point of view of business. Mm -hmm. There's way less red tape between you and your dreams in America. Way less red tape. Yeah. No, Here that's in fair. Canada, it's like, oh, do this. You got to have that. Oh, you're going to have to get a permit for this. Blah, blah. Everything is red tape all right. day. Yeah, it's no, you're right about that. In terms of like entrepreneur, like how much if you reward entrepreneurialism. Oh, yeah. You want to be in America. But if you're broke, if you're poor, you want to be in Canada. Yeah. Right. I just get like weird, weirded out when people are like, oh, like, how do you feel? Like, do you think the people in Toronto are different from the people in New York? You know, they'll be like, oh, like, oh, New no. York is ruder. I'm like, maybe there are, like, some, like, subtle differences between Canadians and Americans to a Canadian and to an American. But to somebody that came from, like, the other side of the world... You're all the same. You're all the same yeah, white yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like... Oh, yeah, 100%. You all walk down the street... New like, York, there's a higher pace. That's pretty much the difference. Yeah, and you all do the same thing where you go, how's it going? And then you never wait for an answer and you keep walking, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just the silence is very uncomfortable, yeah? yeah? That's another thing I liked about the South too. I've said this a lot of times where it's like, if someone doesn't like you in the South, they, they fucking just start just grilling you. <laughs> and they just, whereas in the North, Michigan, they're just fake right. smiles, you know? I like people showing their true colors even yeah. if you don't like me i'd rather you being like i yeah. don't like you like, I, I like I, you know what i'm saying don't yeah. you prefer that rather than just having some latent racism oh yeah like, yeah like i'm i'm like confrontational in that same way too like i'm just like look i prefer that yeah 
uh, like, you know, a lot of like, like political correctness right now is like, oh, like, like, don't say the wrong thing. And I'm like, but I want to know who the dumb people are. <laughs> you know, if they don't say it, how will I find out? The way political correctness is so like amped up right now is the reason our comedy shows are, are selling out, right? <laughs> it's they're getting like, to a ridiculous yeah, level. Yeah, they're like, we need to go somewhere where people are like messing up we into what to, they're saying. Exactly. We need to go to the safe space, which is right. ironically the least safe according to right. fucking political. Well, safe. you know how like when we had like prohibition on alcohol, we had like speakeasies. Yeah. Right. Just so fucking pet yeah. stores. So now we have like a prohibition on words, sort of. So it's and, speakeasies. And are so just comedy, comedy clubs are the speakeasies that like for political correctness. Like that's where you go to hear people say like the wrong thing in an effort to figure out what the right thing to say is. Yeah, a lot of well, not even necessarily, but yeah, we'll say that, but not even in an in, in with the goal of saying the right thing. Right. But just with the goal of like Let's drop all the bullshit. Right. And let's just laugh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to go to a place and I want to hear someone make a joke and say retarded. <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> People want that deep down. You know, yeah. I'm not calling anyone retarded, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't like, I'm not like, oh, say the word or whatever. But it's just like, Whenever you say retarded on stage, it's so right. funny because it kills every time. Even people that don't want to <laughs> laugh at it laugh and then go, ah. And I'm not like saying it constantly because right. it's low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah. But in my act, I may say it one time. Yeah. But it it's funny that thing that you would be in the office like, no, no, no. Yeah. Which just takes me back to the fact that I'm blown away and impressed that you've been able to maintain your job. Mm-hmm. With the midst of all this comedy and all that stuff, so far, and I, yeah, so far, and uh, I'm assuming, and I, this is none of my business, but I'm assuming, do you send money home or are you just self sufficient here? Right now, I don't. I'm, I'm self sufficient enough that I don't have to ask for money from anyone. Yeah, but I'm not in a position right now to be like helping other people. But I do have the mindset of like, like we we come from the kinds of culture where you take care of the people that you care about. You know, like I'll go to Montreal and I'll have cousins that insist that I stay with them. You know, that's part of the culture. So if I one day get to the place where I have like an extra bedroom, money to spare, that money's going to people I care about. Yeah, it's the immigrant thing flipped. You know, I grew up with all my friends having allowances. The second I turned 15, my mom was like, you're going to give me $100 every week for this paycheck. <laughs> I've been giving my mom an allowance since I was 15. I've paid for cars. I own the house that like, not to brag or anything, but you know, like all the money came from the past thing. But like, right. I was put in a situation where like the family home, I was the only one that could get a mortgage, all that stuff. But like, it's flipped for immigrants. Right. Right? It's like, I assume until I'm told otherwise that you're sending money home. Right. Do you, <laughs> you, have, a, I mean? do you have a day job too? I don't have a day job. When did you quit, or did you never have in a day 2017. Job? Oh, I, I in, when I was in the United States for three years, oh. I was a program manager, and then I was an operations program manager for uh, the tech company. Nice. And uh, and then when I came back here, I was a product manager for just that long enough so I can get EI. Right. But I've been pretty much like I've been of the mindset that like because I was like you in school, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and not to your level. I gotta say that. It flipped for the first little couple of years. I was like, yeah, you know, I got to go hard and get good marks. But then it just, I had no heart in the engineering degree. Right. And I couldn't be honest with myself. I had to graduate, do engineering, and then be like, okay. I, I And then I found stand-up. Because right. I've always loved stand-up, but I didn't think I could do yeah. it. But like, as soon as I stopped, I was like, man, I'm, I know I'm a procrastinator. And I'm never going to make this work unless there's a fire under my ass. Mm-hmm. Until it absolutely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, leverage necessity to make this right, work. So you quit. So I quit. And, yeah. and, and it's financially, it's like been a struggle since I've quit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was like, you know, six figures floaty, how it goes, right? Yeah. But like, 
life's way better now but but i'm not telling you to quit or do your thing you know your own thing and especially yeah. you i feel like you're a smart dude you've probably automated half the shit you need to do yeah oh believe me it's it's on the docket it's just not there yet so like like you so like with immigrants here's the here's the like difference right like we were always like sort of taught to like play your cards right like don't let's say be secure yeah don't like don't think like three levels from right now think one level from right now like don't like don't go like five-year plan just look at the cards you were dealt and go this is the strategically the best option for me right now right that's the way we were sort of programmed to think like not to have like dreams and shit right but but people here they do this thing where they they flip that because they they don't they don't go what's the next step they think this is what i want from life and then they like plan their way backwards to like reverse engineer yeah like they've been taught to believe and in a good way Anything that is there is a way to yeah. get what you want right so like now I'm, i'm starting to get there but i still have that like like conservative approach of like i'm not just gonna quit like for pressure's sake but now i'm thinking okay so if i do like five shows a month that i'm producing and they all sell out and this is how much money i'm making from them then i can pay rent and food and have a little bit left over just and do then the I can basic quit. budgeting of it right yeah yeah, yeah. So it's like don't quit without a plan yes no absolutely like when i quit I had EI. Yeah. So I had like a six month runway. Right. And then it was like acting. Okay. Acting. I can make this work. And in the years I've become a union actor and like I've made a lot of things work and it's still a struggle making it work, but it's like this fucking life is like a quest now. You but know you're what making I mean? it work. Yeah. I'm making it work. I'm getting by. It's not pretty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like when I was 25, I make 10 times what I'm making right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, five years ago. Right. And that fucks with me sometimes for a second. And then I remember every day when I wake up now, it's a totally different feeling than what it was back then. Yeah, well, so. and, and money was never what what it was about, you know? For me, money what is exactly what it was about. Oh, yeah? So I was an immigrant. My dad, we came to Canada with six children. Mm -hmm. My dad, master's degree, MBA from uh, from like Holland, mm -hmm. Sudani. Canada was like, fuck your degree, get in the cab. Right. So my dad drove a cab for 15, 20 years. Like, pinching pennies mm -hmm. always he instilled that fear of money in me so i was like i gotta get a thing i got it money 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 right then i did it all and i was fucking depressed bro i mm -hmm. had an existential crisis and yeah. i was like this isn't worth it you know it's my life this isn't worth it i did all the things I, i i you sold me on your dream and i did it yeah and i hate it yeah that's yeah but like you quit because you sort of like like realize because i started doing stand-up for a year while being in the office and being like I, I can't do this thing yeah. anymore. That was that's that's kind of my thing too is like it was okay for me to be like going to work every day and working like hard when I didn't really know what I wanted out of life. It was okay. Of course, that's the case for everybody, right? Right. Yeah, it was okay. But the day the second the, yeah, the, the day I was like, "Oh, I I know what I want to do with my life. I I kind of found the thing I love to do." That day that same work that I was doing every day became a grind because yeah. now I'm spending every second thinking I could be doing something that I love. Right. And that's the day I started planning. Hey, like the like how how can I like put myself in a position where I have enough opportunities that I don't have to do this anymore. Uh, and, and you're playing it smart. Yeah, it's coming I look back. I look at the hours I put in a week to get the money I need. And even though it's a fraction of what a full time job is. It's a big enough fraction that it justifies having a full-time yeah. job. So in my mind, I'm like, I could technically, I just can't, my heart, I can't do it. I've had job interviews in my low points. I can't get a job anymore. Right. Because like, they can smell it on me. Right. They can smell it on me. We're not going to keep this guy over six months. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to be like that soon. <laughs> Bro, they're going to be able to, how are you now in your office? I got to know. Like, do it. Does, do you do, 
When I, the last job I had, uh-huh. I fucking kept it a secret as long as possible. I do comedy. Yeah. Because the second they found out that was shit was a nightmare. Yeah. Do they no. all know you sing and do comedy and are they uh, talented as fuck? Oh yeah. Well, I uh, uh, I performed for them at their Christmas party last year, so they know. That's did they pay you as a, a performer? Oh, uh, they're like, oh god. But whatever. Fuck it. Fuck it. You got the stage time in front of them to start getting used to what a corporate gig will feel yeah. like. So well, at it. least nobody can, nobody work and be like, oh, like, oh, you're a musician? What is that about? I'm like, you, you used my musical talents for you as yeah. well, right? So at least that's, but no, they do know. Uh, and we've had, like, we've run into some, like, I'll go to Montreal for a week and they're like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm still in Canada. Like, like I'm starting to wonder, like, how much of my life I actually have to share with the workplace. And I'm not. I'm not sure. COVID has really brought that whole question into consideration. Yeah. Do they let you work from home? Yeah. You could yeah. probably do your whole job from home. Yeah, right? I work remotely. Yeah. So that so you at least are working from home, which is a big step away from being in an office forty yeah. hours a week. Yeah. I'm. I'm starting to realize like how much of that like like mentality like that competitive mentality, but not not competitive in a good way. You know, where like, oh, it's like, oh, like you're good. I'm good. Let's learn from each other when like we'll celebrate your wins and we'll celebrate my wins and we grow together. Not that competition, the rat race competition of like there's 1.4 billion people, one university and everybody's vying for that same spot, you know, and, and you're all like trying to pull each other down that that creeps into work and then that creeps in from work into like art. And that's where I draw the line. I'm like, I do not want to be like that. Like I'm trying to get away from that, you know? So like after, like the last time I was really able to like, like work hard just to prove myself to somebody else was back when I was still trying to get into university doing those standardized tests. That was the last time that, that I felt okay about having to work that hard just to like, to appease, to show somebody else that I was worth it. After that, even in university, I was like, C's get degrees. That was my mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I was like, I'm here to learn. I'm not here to prove to you that I'm good. If I, and then, but now that I do comedy, every time you go to a different city, it's something like the, the, the part about it that's similar is like every city goes, a comic has to prove themselves. You know, you have to prove yourself to that community. And it's like, yes, but also I might have proven myself to some other community in some other country, in some other language, in some other art form, you know, just like, give me a chance, you know? And, and so every time, like, and because we did so many different cities, like every four months, it's like, why are you letting that rat race like prove yourself mentality creep into art? Yeah, this is art, you know. Because you know why? Because when they got in, they experienced it. Yeah, and people, it's cyclical. It's like yeah. I did the, I did, um, I was in the naval reserves for a little bit. Right mm-hmm. after I graduated high school early, I joined the naval reserves to save money for university. Right. And when I was in boot camp, there's some sergeants who are like. Get down! Why are you not marching? Why are you not blah 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 blah? Like yeah. all that bullshit on, because they got it. Yeah, they got it. So they're like, "This is how it was for me. This is how it's gonna be for you." But then there's guys who got it and are clearly like, they'd be like, "Look, just it's a game, all right? Play the game. You'll make it through this. It's eight weeks. They're gonna yell. That's that's how it was. They actually speak to you eye to eye, even though they got the shit. Mm-hmm. They can break the cycle of yeah. being like, "Look, this is what's happening." But it's the same thing with this thing where like. Even in San Francisco, Stroy Moy was the first guy. I still yeah. remember the first week I was there. He fucking like wrote. He was the first club I ever did was Cobb San Francisco, Stroy Moy, 2017. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Stroy Shout out to him. How embarrassing this. I'll never forget this. I came in the green room at Cobb's. 
Oh God, it still makes a fucking like shiver run down my yeah. spine when I think about it. I came into the green room at Cobbs and there was three other comics and I went up to the uh, the headliner who I didn't know was a headliner mm-hmm. and I was like, you're on the show too? <laughs> <laughs> Did you bomb? No, I, you know, I had like a six out of 10 set. You yeah. know what I, mean? I didn't bomb, but the host was like, the host was right there with the headliner. Yeah. He's like, we can get him off the show if you want. <laughs> you know, like as a joke, but I was so fucking embarrassed. Yeah. Bro. Till this day, I think can imagine me like you on the show too. Like you're yeah. doing five off the top. Yeah, we've had that. I, I've had definitely. We've all had have that happen. We, but like what, what I think you and I agree on is like we have a lot of respect for people that like pulled us up from the bootstraps. You know, they were like they were successful or at least they were further ahead than us, and they decided to give us the opportunity. And we didn't really even know what to do with the opportunity. You know, like like exactly. we got on stage. Just take it. That's we weren't ready no you know and like not in the least but they were like you need to you need to get a taste of what this looks like when you are ready so you know what you're working for and they put us up you know like i was yeah shout out to shout out to stroy he did that for me in san francisco here's the thing here's how it goes once you get in the game if you're early in the game you're still easily threatened right yeah so when new guys come in the game and i have a show and this guy just appeared in the scene even if he kills no, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. It, it yeah. might have been a fluke. I don't, I don't know his thing. I, I'm not going to put him up. Mm-hmm. But the Stroy was doing comedy 12 years back in 2017 when I yeah. did it. I mean, he's like 15 years plus now at this point. But back then, I was a, like I did comedy in Detroit. And I was like just making it work where I was decent. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people did not show me any love. But mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, bro, come do a thing. And like there's no fear because he's so established. Mm-hmm. He has no fear of like he, he's not afraid of people's potential talents. Whereas you see it a lot of the where people are afraid of people's potential. Yeah. And uh, that's why I like that Rogan's opening a club. In Austin, yeah, yeah, because yeah. these are people like he says it himself. You know, he's got like it's fuck not about you. business. Yeah, he's like, fuck you money. He's yeah. like, whatever, like yeah. I'm doing this. To further the art form, you know? I love that. Like, like when Chappelle does shit for comedy, when when he like gets on stage and he says the wrong thing on purpose, as a because you he's been doing it for damn near twenty five years. He no, no, knows no. Chappelle's been doing it like thirty five years. Yeah, he started when he was fourteen. Yeah, and like like that. There is no way that that man did not know exactly what he, he was saying and why he was saying exactly. It. You know, that's the goat. It's like you, you, he's doing everything by intention, you know? So when he stands up for comedy and just says, I'm here to say the wrong thing on purpose. I'm not here to be right. I'm just here to talk shit. That's what this art form is about. It's it like, solidifies the yeah, whole fucking thing he, for all of us. You lift everybody exactly. up with you in one fell swoop because you have fuck you money. You're like, yeah, you we're know? winning. Yeah. All of us. That's I, I have so much respect for that. And there's there's like so few people like that, but I think there's one in every city. And and I have my list, and I'm sure you have yours. Yeah, oh, 100%, <laughs> man. I remember I started in Michigan. Right. Got zero love in Michigan. Like, I was there for doing mics for months, mm-hmm. and then I moved to California. But those first three months, I'd show up at the mics. Not one person would tell me where other mics were. There wasn't like a uh, – there might have even been a Facebook group, but I was mm-hmm. just so in my head and like, weird like i'm not like i'm this it may seem like i'm extroverted but i'm actually kind of an, an introverted guy yeah. you know comedians we are yeah but you know when i came to toronto to like get on toronto stand-up community on facebook get on there there's a list of mics there and then you go and you'll begin there but when i when i got to michigan no one would say anything to me no one would be like come do my show no one was like hey if you want to get up on stage on wednesdays go there mm-hmm. then i went to san francisco san francisco is more established where it's like they used to be the uh, brainwash cafe right 
And that you just show up Monday to Thursday. That's where all the comedy starts. Like six o'clock mm-hmm. Monday. So the whole scene would show up there like school. Right. And there I actually started getting my chops. And and still they didn't show me love until I started showing up enough where they're like, oh, this guy is like, he's actually showing up. He's, he's not just he's hungry. You know, did you ever meet uh, Tony Sparks? No, I didn't. Did you hear about him? No, he's, I didn't. he's like a goat uh host out oh, there in he? san francisco yeah they that's call him the cool. godfather of san francisco that's cool tony spark yeah i think i think i i'm i'm learning that the the veterans of the game the, the people that like actually support other comics more than anything else they respect hunger like like they they respect perseverance persistence people that show up and ask and 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 vie for their spots you know because they're like everything else might go away you know like enthusiasm might go away uh, like how good you are, like we don't know how long it'll take for you to find your voice. But hunger, he's like that. Like that's probably the best indicator of your potential in like ten years. Is, in are the you hungry? Form. Yes. Actually, remember uh, Tony Sparks has stayed with me. I and I showed up to his the open mic three or four nights in a row. Okay. I remember on the fourth night, I like came up to do the list. He was just randomly in San Francisco, and he goes, "Oh man, this boy's gonna make it. He's hungry." Right. And I was just, and he didn't really say it to me. He just, he t- he's like a thirty-year comic, where right? He's, he's constantly <laughs> in joke mode. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna make it, bro!" Like, you know what I mean? And it's years later, I'm still going to open mics. I'm still doing shit, but it's like, yeah, yeah, it's coming together. Like now, I wish that's I was in San Francisco right before COVID hit and LA right right before COVID hit and I came back to the scene that that time it was three years later Mm -hmm. and I got on a bunch of shit and now I'm actually like a force to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. and in the two years since COVID since that February of 2020 when I went Mm -hmm. it's about to be you know February of 2022 I've like leveled up even I I just love the idea of dipping back into that scene where I got my chops and being like this is where I'm at now. Yeah, this is what I got. This is what I got now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking exciting shit. I love I I love it, man. Yeah. I'm in love with this shit. It's like none of our uh none of our intentions are like perfect. I assume all like our intentions are good, you know? But we do judge ourselves sometimes by like by showing other people how much better we've gotten. You know, at this I have I, at the same time I have that like like look, I do what I do for love and I do what I do for the people that like to hear it and I have nothing to prove to anybody but myself. But at the same time, like 5 years in, if you go back to this scene that you started in when you were a terrible comic, if somebody sees you and goes, "Oh, and you get to look at them and go, "That's right. I got what I got." Like that's a good feeling. Imagine being a boxer starting in a gym and like you're the worst, you're scrawny, you're just like hitting the bag, yeah. you're like garbage. Everyone's like, "Who's this guy?" And you're there for months and you're clearly the scrub of the gym yeah. and you go for five years and you come back to that gym. Right. When you work the bag, you're going to work it even harder than you work at your other normal gym. Right. Because you know you're back in that environment that like mm-hmm. that you were like a, a small fucking puppy in, so to speak. Right. So you right. hit it extra, almost to prove a point. And it's not gloating. Right. It's just like. A celebration of your improvement. Yeah. It's like, this is where I'm fucking at. Da, da. Yeah, exactly. Like when I was in San Francisco, I was trying to crush harder than I've ever crushed. Yeah. I had that thing of like, look at me now type thing. Yeah. I where, get that when I go to Kitchener sometimes. Because that's where that was like day one for you. That's that's where I like like had to like vie for open mics and shit at the beginning. Like and so now I go back and I do shows and like I'm tempted to do my best shit. Just because I'm like, these people gotta know. Yeah, exactly. I they fucking you know? gotta know. Yeah. And I it's love not it. even it's not gloating because it's not it's not about it's, it's a celebration. It's, yeah, it's a celebration, that. but it's also like uh, a message to the people that didn't believe in you. 
Yeah. Like that I cuz I'm cuz I get like it's not so like if you don't if you don't want to help me that's fine but but don't hurt me. You know like like cuz cuz all these professions they have like keepers at the gate. You yeah, know yeah, that yeah, yeah. like like you know we were talking about it where it's like like even at the shows if you go up to someone you're like yo this guy is good like if they're not far enough into the game you'll be like Mm, mm, yeah, you know? exactly. It's like okay, but like don't like if you don't want to give me opportunities, that's fine. Then but, get out of my way. Yeah, but but don't get in my way. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. don't go to other people and start saying he's things like he's oh yeah or, or like he he's steals. like better like he per, like arrogant or whatever. You know, and it's like, those are the people when you go to shows and you crush. It's like I just want you to know that when you didn't believe in me, that you were wrong. Yeah, right. I mean, it's great, and I and I can't wait till five more years. Where I hit my ten year mark, yeah, and go to San Francisco or go here, I'm headlining shit. I'll be like, yo, I was at Brainwash Cafe 2017. Yeah, look at me now, man, breathing fire. Yeah, I get the feeling that when I get there, I will, f- like, like I think I'll be all like, yeah, but I'll probably like calm down. Because the deeper you get, the more like you actually end up realizing you get humble. Yeah, you're humbled by your experience, and you're not just like, eh, yeah. You know what I, mean? like, I get the feeling I'll actually like chill out and calm down a little, and like, because then we'll be stroimoid. Like, but I'm talking pull... about I'm I'm talking about on stage, not off stage. Right, my on... off stage performer will be calm. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna show up like ah, I'm here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm gonna be chill, but I'm on be friendly, stage. but on stage, and it's not even that I'll be amped, but I'll be, I'll let's. I'll have my full arsenal out that night. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm gonna yeah. hit him from every angle with everything. Cause I remember when I first got in, bro. People would be like, "Yeah, he's funny, but he he just does so much race stuff. He's always doing race stuff." He's like, mm. people like they would, and that's what I wanted to talk about at the time. Yeah, was it a lot of race stuff? Maybe, maybe. But that's what I wanted to talk about. But people use that as a thing of like, yeah, he's getting laughs, but yeah. He and always does the immigrant thing. Yeah, he's getting laughs. He just he just keeps talking about the I look like a bobo or like you, people have a million ways to hate and oh, put yeah. you down. Too many sex jokes, too many dick jokes, too many curse words. Not clean enough. Not respectful. Not enough, enough. curse words. <laughs> just uh, you know, not dark enough. Won't work in a black room. Won't work in a mixed room. Won't like be able to squeeze laughs up. It's, a, it's a like, so many off, so yeah, many nitpicks, off, dude. Uh, I I do questions at the end, but first I wanted to ask. What was your first experience of Canada when you came? Well, Do you remember your first impression? My first impression? Uh, you landed in Toronto, Pearson? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, I landed at Pearson. I had a cousin pick me up. The first thing they did was take me to an Indian restaurant. No way. <laughs> They're like, let's give you a taste of home. I was like, was it, I, I, I have the taste still in my mouth, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just got here. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Uh, Dude, do you remember where you went? No, no, I don't. Somewhere on Gerard Street. <laughs> and then he took you straight to London or what? Because uh, London, uh, Waterloo. You told me you were. Yeah, you told me you a story about going to Jack's, but you were in co-op in London. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't remember what happened to Jack. You told oh, me that yeah, when yeah, you yeah, first. Yeah. yeah, tell the story. That was hilarious. <laughs> tell the story, and then we'll do this questions thing. We'll wrap this bitch up. This is hilarious. This oh. is this goes to show you like. The white boy's playing when you first move, okay? <laughs> Please tell the story. I uh, I had, okay, so at this point, I, I've come to... Come a little first, closer to Mike. This is my first co-op, and I have not gotten drunk ever, and I've had, like, maybe two drinks. One of them was when I turned 18 with my dad. He gave me a beer, and I really didn't like the taste. And, but, so I came here. This is my first time out at a club. Like, Jack's, is, Jack's in London is like a... Jack's in London is like the rowdy. They have dollar beer Wednesdays. Like, it's 
it's a bar. It is the quintessential bar bar. Yeah. All and the, all the uh, bartenders and stewardesses are wearing high cowboy boots and shit. Yeah. And like people are like getting up on this like small little stage and like dancing. There's like grinding and booty popping. And, and I'm like. So on and so forth. And I'm like fobby. And, <laughs> and then I'm like, shit, I've never seen anything like this before. You were and, talking in your version one uh, English accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what is happening here? Oh, my God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I was like, am I allowed to take a video? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't happen. Ash will come down. But. <laughs> so uh like two white friends took me no yeah and and they've they've lived here and and they were like we're gonna show this man what life in london is really like and so we're like sitting there and this like uh waitress comes up to us and and she's like what would you like to drink and i was and and i'm like fobby and so i like i have like things that i think are funny to say and i was like surprise me <laughs> and, and she and she's like this man has not had a drink a day in his life. <laughs> yeah. Like this, th whatever I give him is gonna be a damn surprise. <laughs> and so she brings me a sex on the beach, and and I drink it. A sixteen dollar drink. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it was not a good night. Uh, and there's no beach nearby London, by the way. Yeah. Too. <laughs> and by uh, and at this point, I have not asked anybody out in my life mm -hmm. uh, on a date. I have I have never like flirted. I, I haven't kissed anyone. Yeah, you just did 19 exams the other month. You yeah. Know I mean? like, <laughs> Is that you're going yeah. through SAT fucking shit. Yeah, like, like, like at this point, like girls are walking out to me like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, I'm still doing SAT prep in my head. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I is to this. She is the horny as I am to this. Yeah. And and I like she left and she, she keeps bringing me like different kinds of drinks. Like I think she brought me a mimosa at one point. Like I'm like different drinks she's like oh how do you like this one she's actually nice uh and she's like a white girl and she's blonde and at this point i have seen about three of those people and and i find her attractive and i have never known how to articulate that ever in my life and and the the guys with me you know guys they're dipshits yeah <laughs> they're like we're gonna turn this into looking a, back this is hilarious though. oh yeah, yeah they're <laughs> like we're gonna turn this into a fun story and and they were like okay so you know the best way to ask people out, right? And I was like, no, I don't even know a way to ask people out. And they were like, oh, so the way is like, wait until she's done her shift. And then when she's leaving, you follow her. And then you ask, <laughs> and then you ask. They're like, yeah, after she leaves, not in the club, okay? And and so she like finishes her shift and, and we like pay our bills. And they're like, and I'm like, are you guys gonna come with me or no? And they're like, no, no, we're just gonna wait here. You go, you, you do it. So. <laughs> So me drunk on Just like seven drinks for so the funny. first time in my life, I like like walked on the steps of the club and she's like over there and like I don't even know her name, <laughs> you know. And You're like Miss. Yeah, and I was like, excuse me, and like I'm like, and I'm like, I'm a brown guy that looks like this, yeah, with facial hair and a beard and like, and I'm like running behind or at least like speed walking behind this like white girl. <laughs> In the middle of the night, like 3 a.m., when everybody's drunk, like all creepy, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, excuse me, miss. I just, I just, I just wanted to say that that you're 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 really good looking, and 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 uh, and and are you? And can we like go? And she's like, at this point, she understands exactly what I'm about to say. Yeah. And she's like, sorry, I have a boyfriend, and just turns around and and walks away. And I was like, well, that wasn't so bad. Did she quickly walk away? Was it a quick pace? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, and like, It'll be a quick yeah, pace. it was like a shut down this conversation right Immediately. now. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, and then I like you turn around, they're laughing or what? No, I was just like turn around, like quiet, like no, 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 the white dudes. 
Oh, they're not even here. They're like they're in the bar losing their shit. Like, Dude, like look what so we made. Funny. <laughs> that's the that's the type of prank where you don't even see the payoff, and you're just laughing at the idea of the fucking payoff. Yeah, they're and, inside. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and I went back, and and they were like, "What did she say?" <laughs> and as like she said, she has a boyfriend, and they're like, "Oh, what a surprise!" <laughs> <laughs> fucking assholes. That's pretty fucking funny though. I mean, that's how it works, right? You got to get rejected and then uh, we get into comedy, right? And yeah. learn to master rejection. Yeah, well, if, if girls hadn't rejected me, I would have never figured out that it's okay if you can tell a joke and people don't laugh. Yeah, that's, yeah right. That was my first desensitization to rejection. For me, that same thing was the club. The club approach was like when I was like 19, we hit the club and then the like 20, the older fucking like guys would be like, it's a numbers game, boys. All right. You go in, don't commit too much. You fucking, they'll say no. Yeah, they'll say no. What's the worst they can say? No. And then it's like a number. And you're like, hey, what did it do? Hi, man. Okay. All right. Hey. Okay. Yeah. That's where you fucking first learn a bomb in succession. Yeah. And now, 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 like, now I've done comedy enough that like, like I'm not. Like I still get nervous asking somebody out if I really really like them. Yeah, yeah. But but I I'm like I'm not scared anymore. Oh, as the more people it is, the fear goes away totally. Yeah. Oh, I could approach a whole group of people and like the bigger it is, the more somehow it's easier. I'm less scared. But when it's one on one, like you're saying you like someone, it goes back to just what it originally was. Like ah, can I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, I asked three questions uh, uh, for uh, new guests who've, it's the first time doing the podcast, okay? Okay, let's do it. First question is, let me remember what the fuck the first question was. <laughs> That's so funny. You haven't had a new guest in a while, Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was the first question? Okay, did you get beat? <laughs> oh, yeah, up. yeah, of course. I, I have a story I tell people of like, oh, like I did get whooped as a kid, but but I could tell that my parents felt bad because the next morning there would always be donuts. Oh, no way. Yeah. And I was like, it sounds good, but but I grew up like now thinking that sugar is what regret is supposed to smell like. <laughs> like now I walk into donut shops like somebody smells sorry. Like Someone what happened here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like one time instead of bringing donuts, my dad brought mini donuts because they were out of donuts. And I was like, oh, so you're not as sorry as the last time, huh? Like <laughs> <laughs> Your caretakers like they fucked you up last night, right? <laughs> Let's go play some fucking cricket. cricket. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to win the game tonight, buddy. Uh, okay, that's jokes. That's jokes. The second question is, um, what's some shit you've seen in India that you've never, you haven't seen anywhere else in the world? Ah, uh, we'll say in your hometown. Right. Well, I think I think it exists everywhere, but you can't really see uh, the the disparity in like rich versus poor is very visible. So it's like you will see like on the, like here it's like there's homelessness and, and there's like poverty, but it's like out like wait outside 7-Eleven and ask for change poverty. It's not I ran out of clothes. Uh, I have nothing to eat, nothing to drink, nowhere to be like I spend my day on the street naked poverty. You know, like there's there's a difference like Jesus. huh? Uh, Is there a lot of naked homeless people? Not a lot, but I remember one time, like my cousins from the United States were like visiting. They were in the car, and they like pointed at this pointed at this dude on the street, and they asked my dad. They were like, they were like, Uncle, Uncle, why isn't that man wearing clothes? And dad was like, because they don't have any, and they did not expect that answer. They were just like, oh, that's a possibility. People can just not have clothes, you know. Damn. Um, I have like stuff about like if you go to like restaurants here, like fancy ones, you know, they'll ask you what kind of water, and that's just such a weird. 
like, like question, sparkling or like, flat. yeah. And I'm like, do you understand the kind of privilege required to have a palate so refined? You can taste different types of clean drinking water. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, like, can I get a Swiss? This is a this is a mineral. Can yeah. I get a Swiss Swiss with a little bubbly. But the disparity between rich and poor is very visible because on the same because there's no like hood part of town. Like the poverty is everywhere. It's just like layered throughout everything. Yeah. So like on the same street, you'll see like like a 10-story building with 100 rooms owned by one person and only five people live there. And right next to that building, you will see 100 homeless people with no place to go, you know? Yeah, that's fucking wild, uh, dude. I haven't seen that shit in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. San Francisco, it's all like the mental... It magnetizes the mental health cases. Yeah. So it's and, just... Uh, and poverty does exist everywhere, even in San Francisco. Like but like seeing that, yeah, though. It's I've not never seen visible that. like that. Like in Sudan, it's normal for there to be a big house, and right next to, and all the houses have a, a like a, a brick perimeter, right? Like yeah, and then next to it, there'll be like a tin roof with like tarp. It's like a little makeshift house is built right next to it. Yeah, in like the empty lot before someone buys that lot. Like yeah. that's very common to see there. Yeah, I've also never seen uh, somebody like directly offer a bribe to a police officer. Outside of India, <laughs> I've seen that shit. Like, like a lot of times. Yeah, like pretty much every time anybody gets fined, like you can just pay the police officer like a tenth of what the fine is, and instead of like fining you, they'll just pocket it and let you be on your way. And is there a code to it, or nah. does the police officer go, "You're gonna have to pay a hundred and they just kind of look around, or what is it? How does it go? I down? don't know. I've never had to do it. I've just seen my dad do it a bunch. Yeah, your dad's like, <laughs> he just knows the deal, just gives him the cash. Yeah, like I don't. I remember one time I was like, well, like we were driving home and my dad actually had had like, uh, like a few drinks and uh, this policeman like, oh, like, like knocked on the door of the car with a breathalyzer. And he's like, sir, have you been drinking today? And, and my dad like just looked at him and then looked at us in the back of the car and looked at him and went, my wife and kids are in the car. Do you really think I would drive drunk with them? And we were like, but the policeman was like, Oh no! And he just, and I was like, "You have the breathalyzer, yeah, yeah, like you yeah. could just." But that's that honor. That's that other world yeah, honor like, pride. Type. What is this like honor yeah. system? That's like that, yeah, I love that. Dude. That yeah, w w and we are clearly breaking. It's like, sir, you smell like Winston <laughs> Churchill right now, All right? <laughs> My kids are in here. That's so fucking funny. Your dad's like clutch, bro. He's like, that's so good, dude. I love that. Yeah, one time I like got into a fender bender when he was teaching me to drive, and he like got out and defended me. He's like, this is nothing. You can't even see. <laughs> Where the fender is bent and shit. And then he got back into the car and he's like, that was f fucking your fault. Like, <laughs> you were definitely wrong. You bent the shit out of that fender, bro. You know, it's like, it's like when you have friends. It's like, nobody tells my friends their shit but me. But you yeah, know, you, you defend them to the whole world, but in person, you're like, you're an idiot. It's your dad. Yeah, he yeah. sounds fucking hilarious. It's good. Uh, a final question. Uh, when in India, probably specifically with your parents, but who is the butt of jokes? You know, like everyone's got like, here, Canadians will make fun of Americans or whatever it is. Like, in my family or just in general? I guess we can keep it in general or in your family if it differs. Okay. Either way. Well, there's de different. As a comic, like I have so many jokes about my brother coming out. Uh, yeah, your brother's gay, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but that's just me. Uh, I don't think I don't think most people like around me that don't live in like a Western country, like have enough of an understanding of like like the progressive way we we view sexuality to like have my brother be the butt of gay jokes that actually work that's just me but uh is that no pun intended there or what yeah yeah <laughs> uh 
Uh, What's that even like though? Is 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 India like? Is that is it super hard for your brother, or does he have to like play it some sort of way, or like how does you know what I mean? I he, does he live there? Or does he live? He lives in India still. Okay. Uh, I would have to talk to him more about it, but it's definitely not uh, like they're a little behind as compared to here. Yeah. Um, but there are things about India that um, like. Like, it's the same as, like, reading a room when you go to different comedy places. Like, certain jokes are okay to make that's, that are not okay to make here. And then there are certain jokes you can make here that you can't make there. Mm -hmm. Like, like there people have gone to jail for making jokes about religion, you know. But here, you know, everybody harps on Open Christianity, yeah, yeah. right? But here, uh, you can't do, like, fat shaming. And that should that should <laughs> and that's all day over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know a comic. Uh, this is, like, on Amazon Prime. And she, this is a girl, too. And she is like, uh, somebody was trying to explain fat shaming to me. And they were like, oh, this is when people around you make you feel bad about how you look. And she was like, oh, that's called friendship. <laughs> Are you, does that, do you mean having friends that, that say, oh, this looks terrible on you and you look like an idiot and you're fat and stuff like that? Uh, so, yeah, that, uh, yeah, fat shaming, like uh, fat shaming as a thing is not, doesn't, like, non-existent. Like over, like here, or are you saying like the idea of fat shaming? That's yeah. just being honest with an obese person, right? I mean, is that? Yeah. Well, I think people are starting to like get a little more sensitive about it, but but they're nowhere near as sensitive about it there as they are here. Oh, of course not, man. In Sudan, we fucking laugh all night about someone yeah. being fat or someone have a big forehead or someone yeah. have big teeth, and then, but you can't make like a, a Muhammad joke or like you stop there. I know so many like Indian dudes that like like that still live in India that have like not really traveled that will like throw the N word around like candy. Yeah, but they've never been like, yo, my nigga, like that. Yeah, but like, as in, like, what's up, my nigga, like that. Yeah, exactly. But not like, like he's a nigga. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah. there's no hate. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but there's but also that's from rap culture. And if if I have never in my life told a brown dude, if a brown dude has the confidence to say nigga around me, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, <laughs> <laughs> that's the test. If you if you're not batting eyes back, looking to see if I thought it was okay, yeah, and you, then yeah, there you go. Like I'm yeah. never gonna tell. A, a, like a, a like an ethnic person. No, man, that's just I'm Sudani. I was born yeah. in Sudan. You know, it's really like it's really reserved for the African American experience, if anything. So, right. it, like for me to be able to say like you can't. Like, yeah, no. it's also about like like the the conversation is right now too like North America centric. You know, because they have their history, but but everywhere like and I'm not talking about the African American experience in North America. I mean like white people in North America forget that there are other countries that have other histories. Yeah, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah, you know right. who was a slave in India. Indians. Yeah. You know, there's no word for us. You know, there's no like, oh, yeah, snake charmer. Like, uh, so it's like, so like I come here and I'm like, hey, I have no white guilt. I can understand and learn from this culture. Hey, like, like some words I just like shouldn't fuck with. And that's fine. But if you come to India and you see people I used to know throwing that word around like candy, it's because they have a completely different history than you did. And, and like those two things are not connected. Like, yeah, this they're is mutually exclusive. You yeah. have nothing to do with this. Yeah. You know? Uh, so that shit also exists. So I'm not mad at your friends, okay? <laughs> unless they want, unless you say it around me, nigga, I'll fuck you up, nigga. Unless I have my black friends around while they say it, then I gotta be like, yo, 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 bro, that's, 
Yo, I literally have an audition right now where it's me and an. In- I swear to God, I'll show you this. The whole audition is me and an Indian guy. I think we're both drug dealers. I don't know the context, mm. but we're outside a ghetto, and I go nigga, and he says nigga, and I go nah, you can't say nigga. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, the whole yeah. thing. There's actually probably a great thing to wrap up with too. Is like you asked me uh, like one what was one of my first experiences after moving here, right? And one of the first things that happened to me was uh, like. Because I was like, I just walked around to people like, tell me what the rules are. Just what are the rules in this country? Lay them out for me. Yeah, you know, and, and I met this white dude and he's like, you know, no matter what you say, don't say the N-word. And then he called me the N-word. <laughs> and and I was like. Hard R or just nigga? Uh, I think it was, it wasn't the hard R. Okay. But, but I was like, but I am too liberal to tell somebody this story uncensored. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> how is a white dude calling me the N-word and I can't tell other people. Like, and I was like, you know what, whatever, like, I might not be able to say the word, but you know what, you shouldn't, you can't say the word even more than I can yeah, say the word. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm closer to the end goal, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, or the goalpost, I'm closer, yeah. you know, it's like, and never say the N word. Yeah, and I think back Nigga. to, like, those dudes that fucked with me at Jack's in London, and I think, hey, it's like, if, like, like, and, and we're friends, right, so, like, if, like, some fobby, like, Indian dude, like, came to, he, like, came to Canada today, and I wanted to fuck with him, I'd probably be like, you should say the N word. You, you should you should you should say that and see what happens but to her no 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 it's just like in general like if i'm fucking with somebody and they're fobby you yeah. know i would like but i would, that's, I would send them to you that's not as funny though <laughs> that's not as funny i mean to me that's that you'd be doing the mercy right because i'm not gonna like because they'll come up to me and be like nigga <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like i can't fuck up a guy like that could clearly use someone sent you to say this right but if you sent them on a random dude to say it right. like you get fucked up that's not that funny you know mm. like they wanted you to get slapped or like ah she runs off mm. right that's but fair. like imagine you watch this guy just getting fucked and you run oh shit yeah <laughs> you're no, like you're right can't he's that. getting fucked can't up do that. i'd have to find a different way to fuck with him. that's mean bro those guys did you even nicer than that <laughs> You're like, they did me like this. Bro, break the cycle, man. Come on, break the cycle. (laughs) Yo, but Ashwin, this has been a fucking pleasure, man. As always, I want you to look at this camera. Tell these people where to find you. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Ashwin Singh, A-S-H-W-Y-N. There's like two people that spell their name that way. Ashwin Singh on Instagram, at SaysThingsFunny on Twitter. I have a monthly show at Cathedral in Toronto. The next one is December 12th. You can find the link to the tickets in my bio on Instagram. And you can find me on Clubhouse at Ashwin Singh and everywhere a boss is doing shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do the immigrant shows. Yo, we're flipping it. Usually it's you get a bunch of white people and an ethnic act. Now I'm doing you get a bunch of ethnic people and a white act. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's how it. I opened the show. Flip I'll be it. like, yeah, I, I, I'll pay them the same and I'll make them open. And I'll be like, let's make a white guy do the same amount of work and get paid the same, but do the hardest job. <laughs> They're like, And then the white people in the audience are like, yes, it's like, you guys are so weird. That should happen too. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Fix the whole problem. I know, it's such a weird system. But yo, as always, uh, what do you want me to put? Under, under the description, I always put this man. You'll find his Instagram, your clubhouse, and Instagram, or Twitter. And, and uh, Instagram, it's fine. In, I'll put Instagram for sure, but I'll put another one. Clubhouse or Twitter? Uh, clubhouse. Okay, all right. I'll put that shit down there. I could put three, but then I'm, it's too many links. You know what I mean? Yo, check that guy's stuff out. He's funny as fuck. Yo, he's a truly talented motherfucker. So please check him out if you are in Toronto. Probably the next Force Diversity, I'll get you up. All right? Yeah. It's going to be sick. From my end, as always, Force uh, Diversity. We mentioned it. December 9th, thebosswap.com. Get your tickets. It's almost sold out. And support the show directly at patreon.com slash the immigrant section. There's bonus episodes and everything. Uh, this whole thing is a collective effort done by yours truly. So support 
is appreciated. One more time, brother. This is literally Thank you for having me, bro. Pleasure, man. It's been so fun. What are we doing? We're just saying what's up, and we're going to say peace, okay? Thanks, guys, peace, for watching. Guys. Until next time, peace. See ya. Yeah.